0: I'm Tracy. And I'm Kurt. And this is the MFG cast. <clears throat>
1: Everybody, non-binaries, ladies and gentlemen, it's another episode of the Cast.
0: Thanks for joining us. Oh
1: yeah, what are we doing this time?
0: We are going to talk about Deepwater games. Oh
1: yeah, we're going to talk about all the awesome games that Deepwater has to offer that we've played, and boy, we have quite a few these days. I like them because I feel like they make games that are just plain fun. Like, I don't think I've ever played one of their games and went like, uh, this is hard, oh, I'm bored, like... I think that they make a lot of great games and I'm excited to talk about them.
0: And they're different.
1: They are different.
0: So a little backstory on Deepwater Games. I was kind of doing a little bit of research in regards to them prior to us recording this episode. A little bit of information for you. All of the people from Deepwater Games used to be, or well... Not used to be. They are lovers of comics and games, and so most of them grew up in the store setting, and managed or ran some of their own stores, and then got together to create Deepwater Games, or I think Ox.
1: Ox Eye Entertainment, I think it's. I almost what? called it Ox Bowl. Why?
0: <laughs> I don't know. And so they just do some really cool things. They are located in what Michigan? No. I think so. No, kind of all over the place, I think, probably.
1: It probably started off in Michigan, but I don't know for sure.
0: I don't know. We just make up stuff. (laughs) But anyway, they're from all walks of life, but they kind of have the same type of drive amongst them is to bring good things to everybody that entertain them. I think something that got me at the end of their About Us was we don't just make things, we make worlds, Mm -hmm. which I think is kind of cool. Especially based on the types of games that they bring over from, I think Taiwan, and they um, they do other cool things like when Kickstarters don't work out for people, they pick them up and they help run them. Mm-hmm. So, and we'll talk a little bit more about that. But it's really it's really cool what their kind of goal in life is or whatever. Yeah,
1: so. yeah, I really like them as a company because like you said they they're all from from all walks of life but they also accept all walks of life too which is really cool and they have a really hands-on approach to bringing games to everybody and you know making sure that you know the people that are you know buying these games get what they you know get what they deserve which i think is cool
0: well and seem very down to earth mm-hmm. like we ordered a like one of their gamers relief bundles over like at the beginning of when COVID, when the quarantine lockdown first started and we were waiting for it to arrive. And I got an email from Jacob, I think Jacob Way. And I had to look up who it was, but basically in his email, he thanked me for a purchase and like was just super nice, like thoughtful. You could tell it wasn't like an auto-generated email. He sent it to me personally, and he's the president of Ox Media Games. Ox I. God bless America. How about Deepwater Games? Yeah, how about that? But anyway, I thought that was super cool. Yeah. Because I'm like, who is Jacob? (laughs) Oh, he, like, is the president. Mm -hmm. Super sweet. Yeah, yeah. So that's cool. So let's dig in a little bit deeper. We did some... Some research to kind of write down all the games that we have mm-hmm. by Deepwater Games, but then we kind of split it into what the player counts were on the games and a couple other things too. So yeah. let's let's get into it. Yeah.
1: Well, you know, since you talked about separating them out a little bit, let's talk about since they have a smaller group of them, let's talk about their two their two player games. Okay. So in the relief bundle that we got, we ended up getting. Claim 1 and Claim 2, which is kind of funny that it, it's almost like, it's almost like, or Claim and Claim 2. It almost seems yeah. like we're, it's like, it's like a movie company making, you know, making a movie and then making a sequel to the movie.
0: Yep. And I think they even have more Claim games. Yeah, we just
1: haven't gotten them as of yet.
0: But they came in the, like Kurt said, the relief bundle. Mm-hmm. So it was our first experience playing Claim. So the relief bundle came with Claim and Claim 2, but they also, which, well, side note, the game is by Scott Alms.
1: Oh, yeah, that's right.
0: So Scott Alms, if some of you know, did, what did Scott Alms do? Tiny Epic Games. Yeah, a lot of
1: the, yeah, if not all of them.
0: And some other stuff, too. He did a lot of stuff, but you can tell it's uh, Scott Alms, Mm -hmm. I think. But also Deepwater is coming out with a pre-order or they have a pre-order on their site for claim, some more claim games. So they have claim reinforcements. They are um, having a pre-order that comes out in October, mid-October for cl- claim, claim, claim reinforcements, magic, mercenaries and maps, which add additional characters and elements to be able to add to both the first claim game and claim two. cool yeah so check those out because those are currently as i'm talking discounted on their site
1: very cool yeah they have a lot of discounted games right now so if you're looking for awesome discounted games go to their website right now and order a bunch
0: oh yeah they are always offering stuff on sale
1: yeah so I, i like the theme of this game so it's like the king is dead And you're trying to figure out who's going to be the new king. So basically, the two players that are playing against each other have factions that are warring against each other to basically determine the new king. Or queen. I should say queen too. But uh, I like that it's got two different phases where in the first phase, you're using your cards to recruit followers to have in in your stack or whatever. And then the next phase, you're trying to use those followers to compete and win. So... The more factions you have and more cards you have, the better of a chance you are to win that title of king or queen. And I don't know, it's it's simple. It's it's funny because at first I didn't think I would really like this game, but I think the more that we've played it, the more I appreciate it. So yeah, it's neat.
0: And Claim 2 introduces other factions mm-hmm. to it too that have different types of, for a lack of a better word powers Mm -hmm. or different opportunities or abilities to be able to do different things so like they'll have a faction that you can't actually use its ability until the next round Mm -hmm. or you can only I'm trying to think there's other factions where I think in Claim 2 there's one that's like the giant and it can only be used at against certain characters or something like that. Yeah, it's
1: usually like one faction can't attack unless another another faction is attacking in that same round. And, like, there's always, there's player power, or there's character power, whatever you want to call it, character powers for those different factions or whatever for the first phase and the second phase so it kind of the first phase there's some powers that kind of help you prepare for the next one and some you know in that second round it kind of helps you to jockey to get the most cards in the second phase so it's it's an interesting mix of things
0: yep so you have to kind of decide whether or not you want to use the first round to collect those cards so that you have them beefed up for the second round and yeah. Those kinds of things. So those are some decisions you want to make and it's a very fast game. Yeah.
1: And I love I the I, and I love the art. The art is super awesome.
0: Yeah, it's kind of cartoonish, but not like super cartoony. Yeah. You know, it's I don't know how else to describe it, but
1: yeah. it kind of makes me think of I don't know. It makes me think of some kind of like maybe like labyrinth or something like that. It's it's kind of yeah. it's kind of funny. But I, I didn't realize that Scott Alms actually did some art in it. But also, sorry, whoever you are, I'm gonna murder your name, Mah- Mahalo Dmitrievitsky. Oh boy, that's I know I just murdered that. But I mean, this the art is is fun, and I think it's part of the charm of that of those games. Yeah, which is cool. Yep. Yeah, yeah, it's a quick, easy game. It doesn't play very long at all. It says 25 minutes, but God, I don't even think it even takes that long to play it, really. Unless you're really taking your time trying to figure out what you want to do. Well,
0: and it took us longer on our first play just because we were trying to get Mm -hmm. used to the different uh, abilities of each of the characters. But the nice part about this, too, is it's a card game, so it doesn't take up a lot of space on your shelf either.
1: Yeah, Yeah, I think it's one of those that you could easily take. You know, when everything clears up, you could take to a restaurant and play really quickly. Or you can, you know, yep. if you wanted to bring something quick to bring to your friend's house or something like that and play it in between. Or, you know, play it before supper or whatever. You know, it's a very easy game to pick up and play. Yep. Another two-player game that I really like that we played recently is Jixie Academy. It is a reskin of, uh, here, we go, here we go again, me really screwing up names of games. <sighs> Hanamakoji. Hanamakoji? Yeah. I think it's Hanamakoji. You I'm just so...
0: you were stumbling through it, so I figure if you say it faster
1: Hanamakoji
0: it sounds better.
1: It's probably still wrong, but I tried.
0: Hanamakoji. <laughs> and I feel like I've read that they pull all of these games from over from Taiwan. Is that right? The
1: The Emperor S four games? Yeah. I, I think so.
0: Yes. Jixia Academy, awesome. You know, when we bought all these games in the bundle, they were, we didn't really know anything about them. No. So it was a really nice surprise to be able to try them all out and see what they were like and be pleasantly surprised by, okay, not pleasantly surprised. I wasn't surprised that we were going to like them. But Jixia Academy was awesome. I think what's really cool about um, how they introduce Jixia Academy to you is that their um, their description of it, they say it takes five minutes to learn, fifteen minutes to play, and then it's a game that you play for life, and that kind of goes back to the whole um, mentality that they have of their company, and so I think it's appropriate that they picked up this game and kind of reskinned it. Mm -hmm. Because it's totally true. Super easy game to learn. All of the cards um, have... I mean, the whole game has awesome art, of course. All of these games that they've picked up from Emperor for has incredible, beautiful art. But you have cards listed from... Or labeled... Not labeled. um, You have cards numbered from 2 to 5. And there's several of them that have the same numbers on them. And you lay them out and then you each um, have four opportunities throughout the entire game and you go back and forth. So you have cards in your hand and you decide whether or not, actually I should say cards that match the same type of cards that are laying out. So it could be like a, a red two, or not a red two, a character that's,
1: Yeah, it's red. It's like pink two or reddish two. Yeah,
0: and things like that. And they all match the the board that's laying out. And then what you do is you decide the cards that you have in your hand. When you first take your turn, you draw a card. So you have another card in your hand. And then you decide what of the four moves that you want to do. Do you want to store one of the cards that are in your hand for secret at the end of the game and no one can see it and they can't take it from you? Do you want to discard two of the cards in your hand and you'll never be able to use them? Do you want to take or do you want to use the third option, which is taking four cards in your hand and setting two in one pile and two in the other pile and two of them go to you and two of them go to the other player.
1: And they pick the other player picks which, uh, which pile yep. and
0: they're face down so no one can see them. And because it's a two player game, you're like, Pick one, choose one, or um, not pick one, choose one. But yeah, kind
1: of. Yeah, I pick, you choose. I pick,
0: you choose. Mm -hmm. Or the fourth option is, or one of the other options, I shouldn't say fourth option, is three cards face up. And you give the option to the other player first. They pick one, and then you get the other two. And what you're doing with the cards is you're placing them on your side of the board. So... Basically, the cards that are laid out on the table are two-sided. So what I mean by two-sided, or their mirror image. So there's a two on that I can see on my side with the image of the, of the person on the card, and then there's a two on Kurt's side that, with the image of the person. So any card that I'm keeping on my side, I'm putting over there. So let's say I decide to keep a five, I'm putting that on my side with the five. He decides to keep a three. He's putting on his side with the three. And we, we are going back and forth. So then we're basically playing back and forth, trying to collect um, the most of these. What do they call them? They they look like swords. But basically you're collecting the most of these um, on each round. So either the player who has, is it 10 or 12?
1: Yeah, I think it's 10 points or... Four favor tokens, basically. I think it's the swords that are the favor of
0: the. Yep. Four favor tokens or, yeah, or 10 points wins the game. So you go back and forth. Believe it or not, it's actually, it sounds easy, but you could go several rounds before you go back and forth. So if the favor token moves to my side, and for that round, it actually stays there until it would move back to, like, maybe if Kurt takes the next number, the next round or something like that. So it's kind of hard to describe because you can't actually visually see it. But um, it's an awesome, like they said, five minutes to learn, 15 minutes to play. It's worth it. And right now, as we're recording, five bucks on their site. Yeah. Five dollars. Holy moly! Yeah, I think it's a twenty dollars game or something, mm-hmm. which I would still pay twenty dollars for. Yeah,
1: yeah, it's a it's a great game. It's I think it between that and another game we'll be talking about. I think it's one of my favorites from.
0: I really Deep like Deepwater games. Yeah. Yep, I really like it. It's a beautiful game, fast play, um, perfect for us because we play a lot of games. Just you and I, actually, all of our games pretty much just you and me, unless we add Logan in there and. Um, so it's just, it's a good filler game for us, but I don't think we need filler games. I think we could just sit and play this game back and forth.
1: Yeah, definitely. It's one of those that you could play multiple times and still enjoy it. Yep. Definitely.
0: So another thing that Deepwater is very famous for is Welcome 2.
1: Yes, definitely.
0: Welcome 2, I want to say is probably, well, at least for me. What really got me, made me familiar with Deepwater yeah, Games.
1: I think that did, that was for a lot of people, really.
0: Yeah. So really, that is what made me know about them, is when we were first introduced to Welcome 2, if you're familiar with the game, that was kind of my first taste of Deepwater Games. Mm-hmm. And Welcome 2 is a... Card, card it's like, it's
1: like a flipping right basically yeah
0: flipping I was gonna say card and right I couldn't...
1: <laughs> well that would actually be it so is... on the nose it's not what they call it but it's totally I, what I'm it
0: gonna is. I'm gonna come up with something new it's called the card and right nice nice and but I think what's really cool about what they're doing is they're adding additional elements so they've added tons and tons of expansions mm-hmm. To this Welcome to World. So they have Halloween and they have Christmas, I think.
1: Winter Wonderland. Winter
0: Wonderland. They added zombies. They've added doomsday. They've added, I think, Easter or something like that I think I saw one time. I could be totally making that up. (laughs) But they've added all of these different elements so that you don't have just your standard flip and write. Mm Mm-hmm. Is that what we're calling it?
1: Correct. Or That's card
0: it. and write? What did I call you it? You
1: called it card and write.
0: Card and write. <laughs> I love it. You made it up. I you made don't it up. I've already <laughs> forgotten it. I should have trademarked it and then I would have remembered. I love um, it. But basically in Welcome 2, if you're not familiar with it, is you have cards displayed and you have a piece of paper. Or if you're like us, when we bought the Gamer Relief Bundle, we got some dry erase boards. So... We're able to utilize those, but basically you have a neighborhood and you're following the rules of the neighborhood by placing houses or pools or forests, depending on how you want to kind of map out your neighborhood. And that is like a super quick high level overview of the game because there's tons of detail and yeah. I'm not going to really get into it on this. No. But with the expansions, they've added other things like zombies can come To your neighborhood and they can like start taking down stuff and all those kinds of things. So they've added other elements along the way. We have the other expansions that we bought. We haven't played them. All of them. We played the... I
1: think we played the Outbreak for sure.
0: Yeah, the zombie outbreak, right? Yeah. And that's the only other one we've played. but And that added a totally different element to it. But I would check them out. Um, We really like Welcome to... And this game know. is awesome because um, it can pl- you can play, like, a 99 people if you wanted to. Yeah. Because if you have all the sheets and the ability to be able to make copies of the sheets, or you have the sheets, or you have dry erase boards and sheets, or holy sheet, or, you know, whatever, you can have all these people playing yeah. if you want, which is awesome. Yeah. Well,
1: I, there's a, so much variability on all the things that happen with it. Like, there's... There's um, the cards, which again you can pick from. You know, a, I think it's like three spots, and you know, and then the numbers themselves you can pick kind of where you where you're going. But also, there's a lot of, you know, a lot of different choices you can make in these games. It's like, okay, you know, do I want to fill up this pool when it's the original game? You know, but I get, you know, have the chance of like screwing myself over later on because then if it's a higher spot. And it, you know, and it's kind of in between, like the numbers, like you know, ten and eleven or whatever, or ten and twelve or whatever, like you know, you could really get yourself in trouble. I feel like there's just a lot of different choices you can have in this game or in these games, and with these expansions that are coming out, they give it a twist on the game that it it doesn't get old. I mean, you could play this game like a million times and really never get sick of it. I think, especially with all the expansions and what they do with it so it's just one of those games that you know is it seems I don't I don't know that many people that dislike it you know I I feel like it's one of those tried and trues that I don't think you could go wrong with it so
0: well and I remember when we were introduced to this game we actually played it via we just played it on printed pieces of paper and then flipped the cards through a view and played it that game that way mm-hmm so and
1: even then it was really fun. And
0: we were so when we were playing, we didn't even play it with the other people in person.
1: Yeah. That's so what that was
0: cool. So we didn't even need to all be present.
1: No. no, it's one of those that you can easily play online with other people because you just need one person to flip the cards and then you know, you know a video video camera to kind of show you you know what's going on with the cards and then you could fill out your own sheets
0: haven't they done this as like a big somebody's done this as a big like play of welcome to oh yeah definitely probably they do that with a lot of flip and write games
1: one of the things that I really like is that L from Deepwater Games they really do a good job of doing online stuff where they play a bunch of games online and shows everybody kind of how to play the game. And I love that. Like, they do a really good job of just being like, hey, this is all we've got. You can see it in all its glory. We're gonna just really push it. And it, you can tell they have a lot of heart and soul into what they do, into making these videos and you know, getting people to play, getting people to play their games. So I really enjoy that. Nice. I'll bring up another game that we've actually, and I'll just kind of gloss over it because we actually just talked about it in our Polyomino. Uh, episode and it's Realm of Sand.
0: Ooh, I like this one yeah. too.
1: Yeah, Realm of Sand is so good.
0: Dang, why do you guys have to have so many good games? I know,
1: Deepwater, why do you have to have so many damn good games, man? Women, people. Okay, so. Everybody. Team. <laughs> this game is, you know, like I talked about in the last episode, it's, it's a polyomino game where you are taking polyomino pieces and you're putting it on your board, and some of your board is white and some of your board is a little darker and the white parts of your board and the only boor- parts on your board that you can use to begin with until you can get some of these uh goal cards to open up more spaces on your board to put those polyomino pieces but you're it do- really doing a strategy of taking a polyomino piece and not and instead of putting this polyomino piece on the board you take these one by one squares and you fill them in instead And there are multiple ways of getting these goal cards, which are different shapes and different areas and stuff like that, which which represent like buildings and like areas and stuff like that. And just it's a game that is for a game that's really kind of a smallish game and really it really seems like it would be very quick to play. There's a lot of decisions in this game. And I think it's a, it's one of those that you have to kind of pre-strategize and really take your time with where you want to put these pieces. And, and you even have these like little uh, discs that are, I um, can't remember what they're called, but they're like the little magic disc or whatever that you'll get as a reward for getting some of those cards that you pick up during the game. And you can use those to kind of move around the board too, and kind of you know, there's just there's just a lot of strategy to this game, and I really really dig it. And it's just one of the it's one of those that I I could see this this game never really getting old because there's just so many ways of strategizing and trying to win this game. So
0: how many players is this one again? Two to four.
1: This one is one to four, one to four actually. Oh, so yeah, can...
0: that's right. Because I wanted. To try it and see what the difference is if you played this as a solo. Yeah. Yeah Yeah, definitely.
1: Um, another game that Deepwater actually just picked up to be on their to for them to publish is a game that we just actually played for the first time the other day and that's Fantastic Factories. And this is a game that I'd heard a lot about and I felt like people were kind of either one way about it or another way about it. But I've heard a lot of good things about it, and I was kind of glad. I was glad that you were able to get that relief bundle, Tracy, because I really wanted to check it out. And then so seeing that was on this bundle, I was like, "Well, let's you know find out what it's about." And I don't know what I was expecting from this game, but it it's really fun. And there's a it, it's funny because it, it looks like the art on it kind of looks very like Lego or like very simple. You know, like it's almost like
0: simple but not simple. Exactly. It's weird cuz it doesn't have a ton of detail but it's not like a stick figure.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: It's it's different, but I didn't know enough about this game, but we when we played it, I really like it. In fact, like I wouldn't mind playing it again like today. <laughs> Maybe? Yeah. Maybe we could introduce it to Logan, but um, this game is a one-to-five player game, mm-hmm. so it'd be I'd be curious to see what it's like as a solo play, too.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: Because I don't know how how that would work out. Like, how are you competing, and who are you competing with, and do you only get a certain number of rounds, and then you lose if you don't get it in that certain number of rounds?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, for those of you who haven't played, do you... I just kind of took over there. Sorry. Basically, you you have to build and you train and you manufacture buildings so and that's what it says on the box too but basically you have a player board and you have dice and you um you start with very minimal um i think you start with one of each um you start with a uh, what I, I always called it something different every single time. I called it iron. I called it steel. You have metal. Five. Metal. Metal and energy. And I called it zap, <laughs> which uh,
1: I like it better. I like that better. Uh, I think you should change it. If
0: you want to change it, you can use the term deep water. <laughs> if you want, you you have zap, and you have steel. Um. Anyway. So basically you have um, sections of the board or your player mat. Um, The first section can hold three dice where you can uh, place dice of any value after you shake them or roll them. Shake them. Well, you shake them too. Mm -hmm. After you roll them. And that would allow you to draw buildings.
1: Blueprints. Or
0: blueprints, excuse me. Yeah, yeah. And based on the value of the die, you draw that many blueprints.
1: Which is amazing. Like you still, like you have a hand or a limit hand limit of 10, but like yep. being able to draw like a crap ton of cards before the end of your turn is pretty awesome.
0: Yeah, so if you place like a five die there, you draw five blueprints. You blindly draw them, but it's okay because as I talk about the game, it it could be a benefit to you. The second section, you can place three dice there too. Um, you can only place a one, a two, or a three there. Or you can place, like, three ones, three twos, or three threes, or, you a know, a variety, a combination of them. Yeah. And those help you to um, basically generate zap or <laughs> energy. If you place, like, pairs of something or trios of something, then you actually generate more. So if you just place a one... Die there, then you'd get one energy. If you place two one dies, does that makes sense. Two one dies, you'd get one for the one, one for the other one, so that's two, and then you'd get another one because you just paired the um, other two die. Mm-hmm. But if you place like two two dies, boy, that's going to be horrible. Two two dies, so you get two energy for the one two. <laughs> two energy for the other two, and then one energy for the pair. Yep. So you'd get five zap yeah, or energy. yeah. So the variety's there, and they have like a helpful little tip on the side there too. And then the bottom stores three dice also, which you can only place a four, a five, or a six down in the bottom. That one earns you uh metal yep. and that one does not work the same as the energy you can only earn one metal per die that you place there Yeah, but it has to be four five or six you can have like two fours or something like that you don't get four uh, metal but you get one metal for each die that you have yep. placed in that field
1: but also you can still get the bonus for having multiple dice of the same pips on those
0: yes Thank you. Mm-hmm. So then what you do is you place them. You decide how you want to handle that. And then um, the. if I take a step back because I missed the first part of it. Because I'm scattered and we've only played this once. There's a lineup on the um, on the table. There's workers that you can hire. And there are buildings that you can collect. So... Before you would actually roll your dice, you decide whether you want to hire a worker. And you can either hire a worker or you can collect a building. So if you want to hire a worker, there are some symbols above the workers that just get placed um, randomly when you're setting up the game. So if you want to hire a worker, you have to look at the symbol that is above them. And they're just little cardboard punch outs. And so, like, let's say the worker had a wrench above them. You have to um, look at the cards in your hand and you have to discard a card that has a wrench on it in order to hire that worker.
1: Yeah, it's basically a payment for getting that worker to help you.
0: Yep, and the worker may, like, provide you, like, three steel and then you can distribute um, one steel from the bank to another person or something yeah. like that. Yeah. So they can help you that way. Then the worker gets discarded and another one goes in its place. Yeah.
1: And then uh, another thing is too is like if if one of the workers is like or or if there's multiple workers on one card that are a little more helpful, sometimes you have to spend a little more energy with that to hire those worker or workers to help you out too. So.
0: Then the other row is for the collection of the factories. Or the different types yeah, of it's buildings like the and the monuments. For all that. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so you can collect one of those. You don't need to get rid of a card to take one. You can take whatever one you want and put it in your hand, and then you just replace one of them again. So, um, the first part of it then is to, so like I said, to either hire a worker or to take a building. Another option though is you can actually pay an ener- one energy to. Wipe one of those rows. So, or,
1: or a metal, too.
0: Oh, or a metal, yep. So you can wipe one of those rows. So you don't like any of those factories, buildings, monuments, whatever you want to call them. Get them the hell
1: out of here. Yep,
0: wipe them out. Or you don't like anyone, any one of them workers, <laughs> you, you get rid of them.
1: You just got put on leave. Sorry.
0: Yeah, bye-bye. Here's um, your big slip. And then you fill, fill them in again and see if there's some better ones. Mm-hmm. Ones that work harder. And then you go to the rolling phase. But then once you decide to do the rolling and stuff like that, the nice part about that part is that you can place your dice in that section where you can choose to um, draw more blueprints, earn more energy, earn more metal, any of that kind of stuff. Or you can actually build buildings or you can produce. So when you're building, you have to have a symbol That matches the same. It's hard to totally understand, but if you have a symbol that matches, you have to discard a card from that symbol to be able to draw, or not draw, build the um, factory or the monument or whatever, but you also have to have the resources to be able to do it. You also have to have the resources to be able to build that building. But then the the cool part about it is they have effects, sort of, Mm -hmm. that they have so some of them the next time you're doing it if you roll pairs you might be able to collect goods or an extra energy or an extra metal or stuff like that some aren't dice initiated some are if you pay an energy you can get this or you know some of them if you collect additional beacons you get more um, points at the end of the game or something like that so
1: So to win the end of the game, basically, you have to have the most victory points, which are on... There's some victory points on the cards, which look like a little factory on the top right of them, or goods, or mixed with goods, too, that you will put on your cards as you get them throughout the game. The game ends when you have at least 12 goods. Oh, 12. Or...
0: Or if you've built 10 cards.
1: Yeah, 10 cards, basically. Yep,
0: or if you've built 10 cards, then you do one more round... And then you tally up your um, your goods and your basically your victory points to yep. see who wins. See who wins? Yeah. And I think what when we played, we were what one or two points different? Yes,
1: you beat me by one point, and I hated it. <laughs> but it was cool. That it was so close. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm this on. game is. Super I'm awesome. Fun. You are awesome. But yeah, this game is super fun.
0: I don't know why people don't like it.
1: Yeah, I don't understand. I I think some people are on the fence about, or I think a lot of people are either, I love a dice game or I don't like a dice game because of the...
0: Variability of the rolls.
1: Yes, of the, you know, like some people think that they don't have, because such so much chance, they don't have a say-so. But I think that games like this do a really good job of, you know what, you may not roll exactly how you want it, but here's... A bunch of different ways how you can work around that to still win the game.
0: Well, and that's what I told you too. Is I I put some some things out that had um, the like the award not awards, the items you could use um, to collect goods and stuff like that were based on dice rolls. Next time I might look for something else because. For me, like I put out one card that I had to have three dice that I had to place out that had to have a sum of 14 or up. Well, I placed that pretty late, so I didn't ever get to use that card, but that would be hard, and I would use three dice for that one. Yeah. Or one that I ended up using quite often, but I had to have a pair every single time that I had to use my two dice. But, I, but then I could bank two goods and... I think I got, uh, but I had to bank two dice plus a five energy. And then I could bank two goods and I think I got a, maybe a steel or something like that. Yeah. But, holy man. I mean, but you always had to do the pairs and I always had to have the energy. Mm-hmm. So I had to try to accumulate it somewhere else. Yeah. That darn, darn aluminum factory.
1: <laughs> and but, it's funny too because even, yeah, like you said, like... There are some cards where all you have to do is just pay a certain amount of uh, resource to get it. Like, mine was like, pay four rec- pay four energy and get a good. And that, like, that, at the beginning of the game, I was doing that a lot. So I, that was benefiting me quite a bit. And then i get the other ones where it'd be like, you have to get two of a kind or three of a kind. I had one where it was like three of a kind, and I was like, I'm never going to get that. I got it twice. <laughs> I was like, I well, can't believe I got it.
0: See, and you what, know? I think what's nice about it, too, is it's simultaneous play. So I had no idea you had cards like that. Yeah. So as soon as you said it, I was like, "You had a card like
1: that?" Yeah. Oh, and anyway. and that's where you have to be be careful. And I, I'd I'd be interested to see how people play these kind of games. So if you if have an answer, if you have an answer to this question, let me know. Like, you know, is it is it when you have this thing where multiple players can play at the same time? Are you still taking turns, or are you all just being like, okay, I'm just gonna do my own thing and and just see how it shapes out?
0: Well, and. And are you honestly playing?
1: Yeah. I bet you there are people that aren't. I've never cheated in a game like that. Mm-hmm. I may have made a mistake because I'm an idiot because that's just <laughs> how I do things. But, you know, I ne- do. But I've never done it on purpose. Yeah. So. Oh, me
0: either. But that's, that's the thing. Like, the benefits of simultaneous play and not is that the game is there isn't stalling and waiting for the other player. And stuff like that, but at the same time, like, I didn't see what you were doing. Yeah. I didn't get to see the cards that you were playing. No. Unless we talked about it and are like, this is cool, let's check out this golem or whatever.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely.
0: But, anyway. Sorry, we just blabbled. We blabbled. blabbled. Yeah, we were... Really, a new word. We really like that
1: game, even yeah. though we've only played it once.
0: In fact, I sent a link to it um, uh, to a friend.
1: Nice. Very nice.
0: So there you go, Deepwater.
1: Very cool. A couple of games that we'll just kind of gloss over, even though they shouldn't be glossed over, is uh, Trial of the Temples and Mystery of the Temples. They're kind of based in this kind of in the same universe.
0: Well, we talked about them. Yeah. In previous episodes. We right? have. Yeah.
1: And my favorite one is Mystery of the Temples because you're a curse breakers trying to break these curses, and you use certain resources to, or magics is what they call it, to break these, break these curses.
0: I was just shaking my head because I was thinking that's one of those games that I could play again and again, too.
1: Yeah, yeah. God, I love that game. Yeah, yeah, it's runes. And it looks
0: so pretty. It's
1: beautiful. And just every, you know, being able to get uh, other cards that help you out during the game and placing your, your runes on your card to kind of make these patterns for the breaking the curses, like... It's just, it's so, fun, ah, so phenomenal. I, I know I'm, again, I'm glossing over it. So I'm not giving it enough uh, a detail, but you've, if you've listened to this podcast enough, you've heard us talk about it.
0: Or- well, and I think what's cool about it, I know you're glossing over it, but I think the setup is really cool because, you know, they have it set up in a round like circle with stuff sticking out of it. And I just think it's unique in itself on how they have you set it up in a circle and do it that way. And then you were talking about what What other game were we talking about? Trial um, of the Temples. Trial of the Temples. Mm-hmm. And that one is also set up in a circle, um, which is really cool, too. Mm-hmm. That one is also another fantastic-looking game. Another cool thing that we found when we were perusing on their website was that they have graphic novels.
1: Yeah, it's very awesome. Like,
0: not just one or two. Like 120.
1: Really? Yeah. Oh, wow, I'd like to get into some of those.
0: Yeah, they look really cool. There's um, one of them that I thought looked awesome. They have one that um, really caught my attention, which is awesome. And there, there's a lot of different ones. There's like, um, there's one that caught my eye called Floppy Cop.
1: I see what they did there.
0: Um, no, Kurt. <laughs> he doesn't have a spine.
1: Oh, what? Floppy Cop.
0: Yeah, um, but the story of this on this graphic novel is that um, this cop doesn't have a spine, and so he has to keep on flopping. Volume 1, Floppy Cop. Join in on the absurd adventures of a cop who is bending over backwards for justice. Get it? <laughs> Mostly because he has no spine in his body, but as Floppy Cop always says... You don't need to have a spine to have guts. Together with a colorful cast of funny characters, Floppy has to solve the puzzles of a new criminal crossword crossword, or Christmas might be ruined in the town of White Trickle Falls. It caught my eye. I think it looks awesome. The art looks really awesome. It looks old school. Um, but they also have other cool um graphic novels that are... It might look a little bit more serious. Well, okay, maybe not serious because it's called Samurai Grandpa. <laughs> but it, the art looks really awesome It and the grandpa is really cute. But they just have a lot of cool graphic novels, like 120 of them, like I told you. Um, some must be really popular because they're actually sold out. So I never knew they offered them. I think that's really fantastic. I think you should check it out. It kind of follows through with what we were talking about at the beginning where they all kind of came together from um, their love of games and comics. And so I think that's cool that they have that also. The last thing we wanted to talk about was what we kind of touched on at the very beginning about how Deepwater is really into helping other people. And um, there's been some Kickstarters that have Um, Had some issues with other publishers and things like that in the past that um, where the publishers have kind of flaked out and kind of dropped people on the wayside and things like that. And so we were going to touch on that and kind of call them out, um, not the publishers that flaked, but we're going to call Deepwater out on a few things and call them out in a good way, I should say.
1: Yeah.
0: For stepping in and helping bring some of these kickstarters to life after they funded.
1: Yeah, yeah, because I know that uh, Chris Sala was getting a lot of uh, hype before you know their backing kind of failed on for uh, failed on them unfortunately, and they were kind of in this weird limbo. And luckily, Deepwater was kind of there to help them out. Uh, same thing with our friend Mike Wokash and his Starving Artist game they were going to do a second reprint of it and the money man, the money person behind that kind of flaked out. And unfortunately it wasn't able to get that second printing until deep water was able to step in and kind of help them out. So that we like to see that a lot. We, these days it seems like there's not enough people helping other people. And I feel like this is a good way to be able to do that. And I, I like that they're able to help out in any way they can. So,
0: yeah, and I, I'm i excited because, I mean, we own Starving Artists already, so we can't support Mike Wilkash in that way anymore because we already own it But and or Deepwater. But we can support them with purchasing Cristallo when it comes out because that's one game that I've been looking at mm-hmm. for quite some time. I hear really good things about it.
1: Yeah, definitely. So, so yeah.
0: And why not support it when they they were just awesome with um, stepping in
1: definitely so this is a this is a company that we're really behind and we really think that you should try out their games so anytime mm-hmm. you have a little bit of money especially right now like we said they've got a lot of good deals on their website right now so I would take the time to look at some of those and grab a couple because it will definitely be worth your time and I put a guarantee on that so
0: yeah they really like to bundle and um, try to save um, you as much money as they can.
1: Yeah. Meanwhile, trying to get some of the best games of theirs and yours.
0: So. Oh, oh, and um, soon coming up, they have the expansion Kickstarter for Fantastic Factories coming out. I think at the end of September too. So I'm excited to check that out.
1: Yeah, definitely. So very cool. So awesome. Yeah. yeah. Anytime you can get one of those games in your hands, get to playing it. Let us know what you think. We have a Facebook page, MFG Cast. Uh, we're at MFGCast on Twitter. I am. And Tracy is at Miss Aug, M R S A U G. So if you really like deep water games and you want to tell us how you feel about it, please let us know. And, you know, if you have any stories or anything that you've um, experienced with them and their games, let us know because we really like to talk to you about it. So until next time, I'm Kurt.
0: And I'm Tracy.
1: And this was the MFGCast. Thanks for listening.